Ever since their early introductions to the game, psionics has been a rather dirty word in the D&D community. Psychic powers were a cool idea, but they were built as sort of a separate thing that got dropped into an existing finely tuned machine. The end result was like trying to add a new engine part to a car by firing it out of a cannon into the engine block. Since that bad impression, countless failed attempts to bring psionics into the game have been made, and mystics, well, didn't end up working really either. Still, they exist now in 5e as an unearthed arcana, and if your DM is game, you've still got the opportunity to adventure using the power of your mind as the enigmatic mystic. So center yourself and clear your mind as we go through everything you need to know in today's episode. Psychics, wise men, mentalists, mystics are masters of the mental disciplines that distort and control reality through sheer force of intellect and will. They form secretive orders or isolate themselves as hermits, traveling an inner journey of the mind. They constitute their own unique class of adventures, unraveling mysteries through telepathy, smashing foes through telekinesis, and solving problems through old-fashioned wit. Mechanically, they are hard to fully describe as they are very customizable, but tend to play almost like a mixture of sorcerer and warlock. They can function as psychic damage dealers, party buffers, or with a bit of work, they can even be great tanks or frontline fighters. It's important to reiterate, though, that mystics have only been published in Unearthed Arcana, which is meant as a testing ground, and it seems that Wizards of the Coast has largely abandoned them to the cutting room floor. And I'm sure you'll be able to see why. Basically, what this means in practice is that it's going to take a lot of convincing for your DM to allow them, or at very least just some collaboration between the two of you in order to set some ground rules. In order to take your adventure of the mind, you'll first need to understand the fundamentals of the class, and how its features sort of function. Here we'll go into each unique feature gained by the Mystic and how to best utilize them. To start with, the Mystic has a D8 hit die, and proficiency with light armor and simple weapons. This makes you a bit less squishy than a wizard and most pure casters, but you'll need some work to do anything on the front line. When it comes to psionics, a ton of features get wrapped up in this first level ability. I find that their structure and wording can be very confusing though, and difficult to parse with a half dozen different parts, each somehow starting with psi. To start with, the class spends a lot of time explaining that their psionic abilities aren't spells, but then proceeds to reiterate a ton of the parts of spellcasting as if they were spellcasting. So, Let's summarize it a little bit. While you do a lot of things that look and function like spellcasting, they're not technically spells for things like counterspell or anti-magic fields. Your psionic abilities are intelligence-based for your not-spell attack bonuses and not-spell saving DCs. Your powers will use a lot of spell terminology like duration or areas of effect. All that stuff works pretty much exactly the same. With that established, let's get into all the many things that start with Psy that you get with psionics. Starting with psionic talents. These are halfway between cantrips and invocations, and they're likely to be your primary source of damage in the early levels. You, of course, start with just one and gain a few more as you level up. We'll go into them further, but for now, we'll treat these as powered-up cantrips. Now moving on to Psy Points, this is the resource that you'll be spending in order to use your abilities, and this is where a lot of people get confused about the whole spellcasting but not thing. You get more points as you go up in level in honestly bizarre increments, starting with very few to tons of things that you're able to do at later levels. You regain all of your spent Psy Points on a long rest. And then there are Psionic Disciplines. You pick out one discipline to start and get another one every two levels, and you'll also get one or more bonus disciplines based on your Mystic Order. 
Each discipline is a set number of features, including a psionic focus, which is a static bonus, and a slew of both low and high tier abilities you can activate by spending psi points. These disciplines are going to be some of your main features and the source of a lot of your customization. They're also divided into categories similar to magic schools, which matter for bonus disciplines you can pick up from your order. And then we have Psychic Focus. Each of those psionic abilities has a static bonus called a Psychic Focus. They don't cost you anything to use, but you can only have one of them active at a time, and you can switch between them as a bonus action without any cost. With your Psy limit, each discipline technically gives you access to every single feature in it, but Soft locks the stronger ones with Psy limits. You start with a Psy limit of 2, and that slowly increases as you gain levels. Your Psy limit is the maximum amount of Psy points you can spend on a single ability, even if you have the points for it. When it comes to Mystic Orders, these are your class archetypes, and they offer a lot of customization options. They will give you a lot of flexibility in your battlefield roles and flavor. Let's briefly touch on each of them and what strategy they can offer you. Starting with the Order of the Avatar, this order grants you the medium armor and shield proficiency and is overall geared towards turning your Mystic into more of a frontline fighter and party buffer, similar to a Paladin or a Bard. The Avatar disciplines mirror this, and most of them either work to buff your allies or to debuff your enemies. As for the Order of the Awakened, this order is more technical and gears you more towards a skill monkey slash utility caster. You pick up your choice of bonus skill and proficiencies, and the combat utilities are mostly control-based. The Awakened disciplines are on the same themes, with mostly skill and investigation-based abilities. Then we have the Order of the Immortal, and this is the option you take if you're really wanting to become a tank. You get an insanely strong alternate AC that adds both your con and your dex modifiers, and you essentially get half the tough feat for free, and this ability will also stack with the toughness if you decide to take it. Every part of the order comes together to make the downright hard to kill and surprisingly effective tank character so possible. And then there's the Order of the Nomad. The core of the order is focused on mobility and teleportation, as it might imply, but the disciplines let you divert into a bunch of different playstyles. Nomad can work if you're building more towards a stealthy scout build, a ranged psychic archery build, or flatly focusing on mobility and hit and run strategies. This to me personally is probably my favorite. And then there's the Order of the Soul Knife. It's pretty telling that Soul Knife was eventually reworked into a rogue archetype, as the Order shifts your Mystic into the rogue DPS role fairly well. You get a Psychic Knife, and you can pour Psy points into it for bonuses to attacks and damage, and then you get some points back whenever you manage to slay something. I can already tell you I know a lot of my players would be really interested in this one. And when it comes to the Order of the Wu Zhen, thematically the Order is all about elemental effects and to a certain extent pushes you towards the ranged DPS wizard role. This Order relies heavily on its disciplines and you'll really need to focus on the elemental damage to get the best use of it. Though you'll have some versatility in mixing and matching which elements you use. Now let's talk about Mystical Recovery. At second level you can use a bonus action to regain hit points when you activate your discipline abilities equal to the number of psi points you spent. Early on, this is a bit of a token feature, but mid-tier it can be a pretty decent buffer that can keep you in the game for much longer. And now for the one you've really been waiting for, Telepathy, which you're able to get at second level. At no cost to you, you can freely communicate telepathically with creatures within 120 feet, and you don't even have to share a language with them. This flatly and easily overcomes language barrier issues in just about any situation you can think of, and your DM <laughs> may be scratching their heads in order to get around this. And now something I'm known for, my strength of mind, I think. 
At fourth level, you gain the strange ability to swap your proficiency in wisdom saving throws to another ability during rests. It can be useful if you know what threats are coming up and you can essentially tailor your saves to match that threat. Although obviously this can just potentially be extremely situational in some campaigns. And when it comes to potent psionics, at eighth level your combat abilities gain a massive boost. And you get to add psychic damage to any weapon attacks you make, and your intelligence modifier to damage dealt by your talents. The weapon attack damage upgrades again at 14th level, if you can get there. And then there's consumptive power, which was actually my nickname in high school. At 10th level you get an emergency button that lets you spend hit points as if they were psi points. This would be abusable if it didn't also reduce your hit point maximum, which makes it extremely dangerous to use. Think of this feature as permanently encased in glass that reads break in case of emergencies. Another obvious feature would be psionic mastery. You gain this feature at 11th level, and it is poorly written to the point of outright confusion, but essentially this allows you to concentrate on additional psionic powers that require concentration. You get 9 bonus special psi points that you can spend on your disciplines, and the powers you activate don't count as the one that you're concentrating on. At the very least, you can think of it as a bonus 9 psi points you can keep in your back pocket for when they're needed and you'll get more points and more uses of the ability at much higher levels, so don't write it off just yet. And another ability with Psy in the name, Psionic Body. Finally, at level 20, you get your capstone that makes you extremely tough and gives you a solid chance of reviving yourself if somebody manages to kill you. Which, you know, if you've gotten to level 20, maybe the person that killed your character kind of deserves it. Trying to lay out the best way to build your mystic is rather difficult, though I'd estimate the class overall is a tad overpowered so you don't need to worry that much about optimization. Step 1 is always going to be prioritizing intelligence. It's your spellcasting, or your psionics, really, ability, and no matter what you work towards you'll want to get it up there. Past that, any skill that you decide to upgrade will just be dependent on what kind of build you're looking for, and we definitely have a few ideas for you there. Starting with the Firestarter, Mystics can put evocation spells to shame with a seemingly endless supply of fireballs. Simply select the Order of Wu Zhen, take the Mastery of Fire Discipline, and select Fireball as one of your spells gained through the Arcane Dabbler feature. Now, at level 6, you can pour your Psy Points into 6 whopping castings of Fireball compared to a Wizard's measly 3, each with a plus 2 damage bonus and you have Psy Points left over to negate 2 creatures' fire resistance. Wow. And then we have the Mystic Cutthroat. Order of the Soul Knife was strong enough to actually make it into the game as a rogue archetype, and quite frankly the final version was nerfed compared to what it once was here. You get medium armor for your start, and by prioritizing dexterity after intelligence you can easily create a solid frontline fighter slash scout character. I recommend taking the brute force and the celerity disciplines to stack up speed and quite frankly disgusting damage output. Moving on to the Mystic Tank, Mystics can make for surprisingly tough tanks, so select the Order of the Immortal and get your Dexterity and Constitution as high as possible. You should also take the Iron Durability Discipline to push your AC even higher, and a Parry-style block with the Iron Hide ability. At level 1, with a 16 in both Dexterity and Constitution, you can have 17 base AC with the ability to parry up to 19 AC, with a bunch of other psionic toys to play with as well. So I'm guessing it's pretty obvious to you why Mystics are an unearthed arcana part of D&D and not actually in the game. They're just straight up overpowered, and when they're not overpowered, they're just far too hard to understand. 
I couldn't imagine someone wanting to play this and having a good time learning through all of it, especially an early player, maybe a veteran, but just, yeah, mystics are strange. I'm not going to try and defend them as anything other than that, but if they seem interesting to you, uh, I hope your DM really likes you or that you have some really good negotiation skills. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if you're creating a mystic character, uh, good on you for trying, be sure to tell us all about it down in the comments. I love reading about your guys' characters. And be sure to tell us about anything else you guys would like to see us cover here on the show. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.